Today's reading comes from Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, and then 9 to 13. John the Baptist prepares the way. The beginning of the Gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptising in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The baptism and temptation of Jesus. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the spirit sent him out into the desert, and he was in the desert forty days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. This is the word of the Lord. Any Dancing with the Stars fans here? One or two there. Any real dancers here? I know there's a a couple there. I won't out them. And Caroline. Good to see you dancing too, Caroline. But... um, yeah, when I was a kid with my brother, my mum and dad used to drag us along to their ballroom dancing classes. And I, I think it was actually mostly for us to be able to partner. Some of the couple of older uh, women there didn't have partners, so I think it was for us to partner them. Uh, that was interesting and we loved it, you know. <laughs> but... Um, Dance actually features in every culture, so there must be something inside human beings that can only get out by dancing. And not just meaning in the military two-step, there are many different kinds of dancing. Tim Winton in his novel Breath describes surfing as dancing on waves. And dancing can include anything that expresses our our love and pleasure of life. You know, dancing around the garden, producing life and colour. Dancing around the kitchen, whipping up a storm. Dancing with little kids in the playground. Dancing around the footy field or the tennis court. Making your knitting needles dance to create something new. Dancing your mind through a beautiful physics equation. Dancing your dog to chase a ball along the beach. Uh, I, I could go on, uh, so I'll, I'll better I'll stop there. But you see, we're always dancing in life, and today is actually all about dancing. Yet it's also all about the cross. What could be the connection? Well, we're starting a series today. Um, Journey to the Cross, which will go right through up to Easter through Mark's Gospel. And uh, James and I will be preaching through that and the themes we are taking from the chapter titles in part of T1 
Timothy Keller's book, King's Cross. A wonderful book, and if any of you wanted to get more deeply into what we've been looking at, get yourself a coffee. They don't cost much. But uh, what we're going to be looking at is Jesus' journey to the cross and our journey to the cross with him. And so today, we're looking at what is really the biggest picture to answer that question, why the cross? What was the purpose of it? And what we're going to see is that Jesus' death on the cross is to bring us into a dance that lasts forever. And so we're going to look firstly at the fact that there's a dance, what it is. Secondly, what we most want is to be in it. And thirdly, it's the cross that brings us in. So firstly, there's a dance. Where do we find that? In Mark chapter 1 that we just read from. Well, in the baptism of Jesus, we have Jesus the Son there in the Jordan and uh, the Holy Spirit is mentioned and God the Father. And the Father embraces Jesus the Son with his words of love. This is my dear Son, I delight in him. And the Holy Spirit comes down in the form of a dove and embraces Jesus with his power and love. And you see, this is the love of God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit for one another. And it is other person-centred love. We need to get that. Other person-centred love. It's the opposite to self-centred love where we have the focus in ourselves, we have our focus on the other. We love the other before ourselves. And that's what the Father, Son and Spirit do. And if you read of every interaction between the Father, Son and Spirit in the Bible, they're always giving the other glory. You know, the Son glorifies the Father. The Father glorifies the Son. The Holy Spirit glorifies the Father and the Son. They give him glory. And you see, this is part of their self-giving love. They're always giving to one another. Giving, giving, giving. And you see, their lives circle and orbit around the other. And so the Father, Son and the Spirit, they get carried away in praising one another, giving glory to one another. And and they're always wanting to serve the other. Jesus said, I've come to do the Father's will. I want to serve him. And he says, I delight to serve him. I delight to do my Father's will. Do you see this is the opposite to self-centred love? In self-centred love, we want others to circle and orbit around us. We are the centre of our world. And you see, this is natural. Our little grandson Judah, straight away, he's excellent at being selfish thinking the world revolves around him. It's great having grandchildren, you know, they're excellent sermon illustrations. But uh, you see, often our reasons for loving others is because we'll get a return. Even if we're not thinking that, if we're honest deep down. I mean, we have flashes of other person-centred love as people, but not much. And so we love and praise and serve someone else as long as it's working well for us. 
But when it isn't benefiting us, we're likely to cut them off or distance ourselves from them. But you see, the other person-centred love of the Father, Son and the Spirit is perfection. It is indestructible because it's not dependent on the response of some other person. It entirely comes out of itself, just self-giving love. And so do you see, in the baptism of Jesus, it's an example, an instance of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit embracing one another with love, orbiting and circling around one another. And the first Christian church, which was Greek-speaking, came up with a very important word to describe this way, the Father, Son and the Spirit relate. It was the word perichoresis. Peri, as in perimeter, around about. Choresis, as in choreography, poetic movement, dance. And it says in the Bible at one point, the Father rejoices over the Son and in the Old Testament it says God rejoices over us and the Hebrew phrase translated there as rejoice means literally to spin around with the strongest emotions. Dance. And you see, if this is who God is, if this is who the Father, Son and Spirit are, and they created the universe and us. That means that that is what we and life and the universe and everything are all about. This, this great dance. C.S. Lewis says, in Christianity, God is not an impersonal nor a static thing. Not even just one person, but a dynamic pulsating activity, a life, a kind of drama, almost, if you will not think me too irreverent, a kind of dance. The pattern of this three-personal life of God, Father, Son and the Spirit, is the great fountain of energy and beauty spurting up at the very centre of reality. See, this is what everything is about. And so, if that's who God is, that means this has been going on forever. It's what the Father, Son, the Spirit have been up to forever. And why did then they create? Well, they wouldn't have needed to. They didn't lack anything before they created. They had the fullness of their love for one another. They had the fullness of this dance that they shared together. They didn't need anything else. So why did they create? Just because they love to share the love and the dance with others. They created the universe and us to be able to share in that with them. And so... The story of the Bible from the beginning to end is all about how the Father, Son and Holy Spirit love one another, they delight in each other and they delight in doing stuff, sharing life. And what they do is create, they fling galaxies across the universe. They make worlds. They make the earth. They fill it with all sorts of wonderful stuff. They create us And they redeem the world and us to bring us to discover an amazing purpose for our lives, an eternal one.
That's what it's all about. All, every part of life is about is this dance of God. And so that brings us to, that's what the dance is. There's a dance. The second point, we most want, what we most want is to be in it. See, we're made for it. If, if this God has created us, we are made for it. It's programmed into our DNA. Uh, let me uh, reference my grandson again. Judah, three years old, his mum's about to give birth again. She's extremely large. And there's a lot of kicking going on. And uh, Judah's mum said to him the other day, do you feel this, Judah, to feel the kicking going on? And, and she suggested, I think he's dancing in there. And Judah said, no, nah, mummy, he can't dance in there. But you see, John the Baptist leapt in his mother's womb. Yes, dancing is exactly what Judah's unborn little brother is doing. See, he's dancing already. Can't help it. That's why we've all just got to dance. But it all comes from God and it must all point back to him. You know, behind all of our relationships and love and all of our foxtrotting or whatever we're doing, we are meant to be in the greatest love relationship and the ultimate dance and that's that of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's only God that can give our lives ultimate reality and meaning and substance and joy. If we don't or won't relate to God, we can have as many relationships as we like We can dance as hard as we possibly can but without God it will be empty and destructive in the end. It's interesting, at youth group the other night we had a conversation and um, we were talking about the $200 million lotto prize that just went off the night before and the, the kids in the youth group got going about talking about all the stuff they'd do, you know, if they won that. They got their hands on it. So a very long list came out of expensive, meaningless things that you could do in life with all that money. You see, we we could love and live life as hard as we can possibly imagine, but if God's not in it, it's all going to die in the end. God made and gave us all of this, and if we won't know and love and obey him as we ought, then in the end we're cutting ourselves off from him and life and the dance. That's what we've attempted. We've attempted to have the dance without the Lord of the dance, without God. And you know, as Christians, we can even make a very good show of being very religious and Christian, you know, going through the steps of God's dance, yet actually in our hearts, trusting in our own religious and moral efforts. And so do you see what we're really doing is saving ourselves 
We're not trusting in God to save us. And if we're saving ourselves, then it's us we're praising, patting ourselves on the back. And you see, in doing that, what we're actually doing, we are wanting others and even God to circle and orbit around us. And we've lost the dance, the love, the life. God. So, firstly, there's a dance. Secondly, what we most want is to be in it. Now, thirdly, the cross brings us into it. I'll just summarise it. Ephesians 1, 1 to 10. Go home and read it. Ephesians 1, 1 to 10. And what it says in there is that before the foundation of the world, God the Father and the Son came up with a plan and that was to create us, but not only to create us, to redeem us. And Jesus was going to die on the cross to do that in order to adopt us as God's children, to bring us into his family, to become a part of that relationship and dance, you see. And that was before the foundation of the world they came up with that plan. And so, see, there it all is. The cross planned by the Father, Son and Spirit before creation to bring you and me into their family, into their love, into their dance of life forever. Um, I have a very, very brief and uh, fell to bits in the end, my dancing career. Ballroom dancing. Uh, But the tango is my favourite. And... uh, Catherine and I, when we dared to trip out onto the dance floor, um, the Royal Empress Tango was our favourite dance. It's a very simple tango, but it's a tango nonetheless. But no demos at all, so don't ask. Now, the tango which was born in Argentina, an Argentinian will tell you that the tango captures the experience and psyche of the nation. Deep suffering and struggle in life, even unto death, in the birth and the many conflicts that Argentina has experienced. You know, don't cry for me, Argentina. So the tango is all fiery passion. It is explosive emotion, yet restraint, taut, crushed into the ground, gasping for breath. Gee, I'm getting poetic, aren't I? (laughs) Jesus' suffering and death we call his passion. The Father, Son and Spirit, filled with passionate love for us, did not hesitate to do anything to go through death for us. And so Jesus went into the utter desolation of our loss of the dance, our sin, the loss of love, the loss of the presence of God. He was shredded on the cross to pay for, cancel and forgive our rejection of God and to bring us back into the presence and life and love and dance of God. 
I fancy Jesus danced the ultimate tango. The extreme grace of the cross is the highest expression of the perfect other person-centred love of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. That is how much they love us. Yes, in our lives as Christians, we will go on learning and growing more and more in relationship with God and how to do his great dance. And there will be starts and advances. There will be treading on toes and there will be some face plants. Perfection will be in the resurrection and the new heaven and earth. But now... We, our lives, with all of our faltering steps, are gathered up and transfigured in the life and dance of God by the grace of Christ. We nonetheless get to know that by grace through faith now. You have a dream that the Lord Jesus and you are walking along a beach together. And in this dream you're given a vision and you look back behind you over the footprints in the sand which correspond to your past. For much of the way the Lord's footprints go alongside steadily, consistently, rarely varying in their pace. But your prints are disorganised a disorganised stream of zigzag starts, stops, turnaround circles, departures and returns. For much of the way it seems to go like this but gradually your footprints come into line with the Lord's soon paralleling his consistently. You and Jesus are walking as true friends. This seems perfect but then an interesting thing happens. Your footprints that once etched the sand next to the masters are now walking precisely in his footsteps. Inside his large footprints is the smaller sand print of your feet safely enclosed. You and Jesus are becoming one. This goes on for many miles. But then something awful happens. The second set of footprints is back. This time it seems to be worse than before. Zigzags all over the place. Stop, start, deep gashes in the sand, a veritable mess of prints. You're amazed and shocked. But that is all you see. Now you speak. Lord, I understand the first scene with the zigzags, fits, starts and so on and then my footprints come together with yours. You came to me, showed me your love and mercy and drew me into friendship with you and I walked with you. The Lord Jesus looked at me, listening patiently. Then you say, and when the smaller footprints were inside yours, you'd brought me to see that I actually live my life in you just as you live your life in me, my life hid in yours, you carrying me. I was actually walking in your footsteps, living, breathing and moving in you. Yes, said the Lord, with love showing in his eyes. But this is my question, Lord. Was there a regression or something? The footprints went back to two and seemed to be moving in the weirdest ways. 
The Lord's face cracked in a broad smile. Then he burst out laughing. You didn't know, he says. That was when we danced. That was when we danced. So, you think you can dance? You can. And that dance is going on, it is in full swing. The Lord of the dance has come to you, bowed low to you, lovingly asked you onto the dance floor, taken your hand, is poised to sweep you into his dance. Say yes. Don't be a wallflower. Say yes. Amen. Let's pray. God, our Father, we're overwhelmed by your love and grace to us, your love for us, which we see in Jesus' willing death on the cross for us and all that that meant for you and the Holy Spirit. And Father, you give us the gift of bringing us home to you now and to be in your family forever. But Father, if we have all of that, we would have to have overflowing joy, overflowing delight in life. All the delight we have in life comes from you. Let us give thanks to you. Let us acknowledge you. And Father, in relationship with you and in your purpose, you have so much more delight to show us and give us. Lead us into that dance, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.